It began over 5,000 years ago when civilization was young. Every major culture, Egypt, Greece, Rome, India, Japan, studied it, practiced it, perfected it to a fine art. They admired its Olympian demands, strength, speed, agility, skill, grace, and courage. They did it to honor their gods, they did it to honor their kings, they did it to train their soldiers, they did it to compete, and they did it for fun. It has come down through the ages to us today. It is Coliseum Corner, the wrestling podcast where each and every Coliseum home video is reviewed. From the personalities and specialties to the best of the WWF and even the Collector Series. If you're looking for reviews of WrestleMania, Survivor Series, Royal Rumbles, and SummerSlams, then look somewhere else because this is a trip down memory lane of your favorite videos. We review the good, the bad, and even sometimes the awful. Join Bill as he takes us down a memory lane adventure the likes of which no podcast has ever gone before. So sit back, relax, and listen to this fantastic podcast that we call Coliseum Corner. And here is Bill to start the show right now. Hi everyone, I'm Bill Yankovey and welcome to Coliseum Corner, the podcast where I review each and every Coliseum home video. Now today's uh, 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 episode here is a little bit different because for one, I am not in the Wrestling Man Studios, I am at a remote location that cannot be uh, revealed at this moment, but I can tell you that uh, this is a different studio and I'm having to hold my microphone because where I'm sitting cannot hold my microphone stand. But anyway, that's not the point. Today I am here to talk about the video that I'm going to be reviewing, which is the best of the WWF Volume 2. And this is the last in the second home video series that Coliseum Video released. Uh, during 1985, uh, I reviewed previously, for those of you joining for the first time, I reviewed the WWF's most unusual matches and Andre the Giant, which you guys can check out in recent Coliseum Corner episodes. So yes, today I will be reviewing the best of the WWF Volume 2, and at the end of this, I will give you my thoughts on this videotape, and if I think you guys should maybe get this video or not or DVD because there are some people who uh, do an unbelievable job of transferring the videotapes to DVD form so let's not wait any longer let's get into today's review the best of the WWF volume 2 this videotape is hosted by Gorilla Monsoon. This happens to be his second time hosting a Coliseum video. And he tells us about how in this video we're going to see not only recent highlights, but historic highlights, some that a lot of us have never seen, including some wrestlers that a lot of us younger fans might not have ever seen in the ring before. 
So our opening contest is for the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Championship as Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch challenge the reigning champions, Mr. USA Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson. Um, this is a good tag team match. I This was a good match, a good opening uh, for this videotape. Not... You know, not too explosive, but it was just the right amount of what you needed, I think, to make a, you know, to start off a videotape. Um, Atlas does a lot of deep arm drags early in this match, and they look really, really good, really crisp. Johnson gets some action in two. Uh, but Adonis and Murdoch would eventually get control of this match. And what's interesting about Adonis and Murdoch watching this match is they're not really using heel tactics. You know, they're not using heel tag team tactics. They're just straight out doing what they're supposed to do. So, Rocky Johnson eventually does get tagged back into the match. And he is a house of fire. And then we get to the ending. And it's a really good ending. I liked how this match ended. Uh, Murdoch is sent to the floor. Adonis had already been out on the floor. So Murdoch is sent to the floor. Atlas is there to retrieve Dick Murdoch. And he's got him in a military press. And it looks like he's going to bring him back in. Adonis comes from around the ring behind... Johnson gets him in a victory roll and Adonis not looking the prettiest in the victory roll uh, he has his head down on the map but it's effective and it's long enough for Adonis to get the three count and we have new tag team champions in Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch and you can hear some fans cheering for the heels in that match uh, especially after they won and it was it, it was a good way to end that match. It was a really good way to finish that match off. Then we go to a second title match. Yes, we got two title matches to start off this videotape. Pedro Morales defends the Intercontinental title against the magnificent Morocco in a very another good match. This is a very good match. Um Morales and Morocco do not wait for the introductions. They go right at each other. And Morales, for the first five-plus minutes of this match, is in complete control of Don Morocco. And even Gorilla mentions this in the intro to this match, that it takes Morocco a long time to get his shirt off. Like, it's ripped, but the whole shirt does not come off till later on. So, Morales is just dominating Morocco in this match. Um, there's even one point where Morales attempts to jump from the top rope to land on Morocco, but Morocco smartly moves underneath the ring curtain so Morales could not reach him. And then we get to a very crucial point in, uh, moment in the match where Morales goes for a running knee to Morocco. And Morocco moves out of the way 
and Morales's knee hits the turnbuckle and this is a big game changer in this contest because Morales's knee gets affected for the rest of this match and then we get to the end where Morales attempts to do a body slam on Morocco but the knee of Morales gives out and Morocco pins Pedro Morales in the middle of the ring and Pedro Morales is the new Intercontinental Champion. Really, you had two good matches to start off this particular videotape. Then we go a little bit into the archives for this next match. We get Pedro Morales again. This time he is facing Killer Kowalski. For those of you who are unaware of Killer Kowalski, I'm going to give you a little bit of detail. Um, of course, he ran a very well, very successful wrestling school uh, post-pro wrestling. So many wrestlers came through there, most notably Perry Saturn, Triple H in China, uh, also, Killer Kowalski's a vegetarian, or he was a vegetarian uh, when he was alive. And if you've never heard the story of how he got the nickname Killer, uh, he had had a match with Yukon Eric. I'm, I'm sure a lot of you younger fans might not have heard of Yukon Eric. But there was one night where Yukon Eric had to go to the hospital because his ear had been affected. So, Killer Kowalski goes to the hospital to visit him. As he leaves the room, there's press there, and Kowalski goes right in the character, and he's like, Yeah, I went in there and I gave him more beating. And that's how Killer Kowalski was born. So, we get to see Kowalski in action, um, most notably doing his claw hold where instead of with the Von Eriks where it's done on the head his is more in the stomach and going for the intestines so he's really digging the nails into Pedro Morales now Jesse Ventura is doing commentary for this match um and you know it's we don't get the whole match but you do get to see Killer Kowalski in action, there's going to be a lot more Killer Kowalski, I'm sure, as I go down um, memory lane with Coliseum or Coliseum Corner. Uh, the the match has an interesting ending where both men are fighting on the outside. It looks like Kowalski makes it back in, but Morales pulls him out at the last second, and the referee declares the match a double countout. Then. We have some fun because our next segment is Midget Madness. Now, before I get any hate mail for saying Midget Madness, that is what the name of the segment was called. So I'm just going by what it is. So please don't don't crucify me for what I have just said. So we are going to get some highlights of tag team midget wrestling. In this first one, we get the combination of Sky Lolo, maybe the greatest midget wrestler of all time, and Little Brutus as they take on the Jamaica Kid, who would later become the Haiti Kid, and Billy the Kid. No, I'm not in this match, folks. Um, you know, we, we just get some highlights. It's typical, you know, mini wrestler 
action, midget wrestling action. And you got some funny stuff in there. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it, it was all right. But, you know, it, you you just get clips. I, I think that was what the whole purpose of this segment was. You're just going to get clips. You're not going to get the whole match. So the other clip that we get is of Sky Lolo and Little Brutus again in tag team action. As they take on Joey Russell and Sonny Boy Hayes. And... Again, we just get clips, and the poor referee in this match, he gets a beating from Sky Low Low. Uh, Sky Low Low gives him a kick in the back of the head. It's sort of funny to see. Now, this next match, I, I gotta say, the footage looks really, really old, but the date that I have on this uh, computer says that this took place in 1977. I'm not going to buy that. Uh, the match is Professor Tanaka, Toru Tanaka, against Chief J. Strongbow. Now, something that I want to point out in this match, and this is where I'm going to make the argument that this match did not take place in 1977, is the referee. The referee, he's not wearing... A striped shirt, you know, the black and white striped shirt. He's not wearing a button blue shirt with a bow tie. He's wearing a regular white t-shirt, like an undershirt. And that's where I'm going to make my argument that this did not take place in 1977. This match, this is where I think, the, for me, the videotape sort of starts to go... In the wrong direction because this is a it feels long and you know it's a small ring the match you know the match it just doesn't feel right and then the ending of the match is just ridiculous because chief j does make a comeback and he tries to take you know he tries to get the one up on tanaka well tanaka pulls out a bag of salt that he's going to throw at Strongbow. Well, as he does it, as he's got his arm back, the referee knocks the bag of salt out of the hand of Tanaka, and he disqualifies Tanaka for having the bag, even though he never used the bag, and he just gets disqualified. I mean... Come on, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into the, you know, Gorilla Monsoon um, theory here of a referee should never touch a wrestler, and this is a perfect example of why a referee should never touch a wrestler. It is not the referee's job to smack a foreign object, in this case salt, out of another person's hand. Just let the guy do it and then disqualify him. But Chief J. Strongbow gets the win by disqualification because the referee was an idiot and he had to get himself involved in the match. Then we have a special musical interlude, if you will. Uh, first, we have Captain Lou Albano playing the piano and he does a much better job than I do playing the piano. Believe me, he does. And then we get Mean Gene Okerlund singing Tutti Frutti. 
Now, for the purposes of me not being sued by Little Richard, I will not sing Tutti Frutti. However, in the video, this is from the TNT show, um, Hulk Hogan is playing the bass. And Hulk Hogan, for those who are not aware, was in a band and he did play the bass for a little while. So he was pretty good on the bass and, you know, Mean Gene does his best playing on the piano and he's like, Oh, testify! Oh, I turn, you know, I'm again, I'm not going to sing the song because I don't want to get sued by Little Richard. How old is Little Richard? Actually, I'm going to look that up real quick while we're talking. Little Richard. Hmm. I know he's still alive. You know, that's another thing while I'm thinking of it. I wonder what other songs would Mean Gene Okerlund have done if he, you know, because he did Tutti Frutti. And then he also did uh, Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo, which he sang with Derringer for Piledriver. I wonder, I wonder if he would have done more covers. And if so, which ones would he have done? Uh, so according to Wikipedia, Little Richard is 85 years old. He'll be 86 this December. So... Hmm. Very, very interesting. I, I, I knew he was still alive. I just didn't think he was that young. I thought he was a little bit older. Apologies to the fans of Little Richard. Next match is probably the best match of the entire videotape. It is Tito Santana defending the Intercontinental title against Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. This is a really, really good match. I, I Like I said, I think this is the best match of the entire videotape. Very good action. Tito Santana gets early advantage on Paul Orndorff. Has him in different arm bars, wrist locks. And Orndorff eventually comes out of it and he takes control on Santana. And there's so many attempts of Orndorff getting the three count. And Vince McMahon is doing commentary. And there's a few points where you could see the referee for this match was out of position because there's one point where Orndorff has Santana beat and the referee is so far out of position that he's got to go back around to make the count. But the end of the match is so good because the last several minutes are just back and forth, back and forth, and Orndorff hits one of the most devastating clotheslines I think you will ever see. It looked like he took Santana's head off with the clothesline. Like Vince McMahon said, it looked like a watermelon had just been just bounced and it broke into a million pieces. That's what Santana's head was like the way it bounced. And then Orndorff hits another move, and as he's going for the pin, the bell rings. The bell rings. The time limit had expired on the match. It is ruled a draw. Santana retains the Intercontinental title. But, just for the pure excitement of that conclusion, they show again that devastating clothesline 
and I mean you see it in slow motion the way Orndorff hits Santana with that clothesline. It is absolutely amazing. It is a sick looking clothesline. So now we get into a segment called Surprise Endings where we get to see closing moments of matches and they have little twists at the end. We start off with another Intercontinental title match, Don Morocco against Rocky Johnson. And in this one, Rocky Johnson is just in full Rocky Johnson mode. He ends up busting open Morocco. And the referee for this match, if you are curious, is a very young Joey Morella. Yes, Joe Morella is the referee for this match. And all Morella does is he tries to check on Morocco because Morocco gets busted open. And Johnson just won't let him. He won't let him. So, as Johnson is about to hit Morocco with a right-hand punch, Morocco pulls the referee in front of him, and the referee takes Johnson's punch. Well, Morocco throws Johnson to the outside, and the referee calls for the bell. And he awards the match to Morocco because Johnson hit the referee. Boo. Now we go to perhaps the oldest piece of film that we're going to get for a long time uh, in this series. And it is... Bobo Brazil, yes, the Bobo Brazil against Freddie Blassie. We get the final moments of this match. And Freddie Blassie, because we really, we literally get the end of the match here. Blassie tries to get back in the ring. Brazil gives Blassie a punch. Well, this knocks Blassie down. But one of his feet get tangled in between the middle and the bottom rope. And Blassie cannot get out. And the referee counts Blassie out of the ring. And Bobo Brazil wins the match. After the match, Brazil, being the gentleman that he is, goes over to shake Freddie Blassie's hand. However... As he shakes his hand, Bobo headbutts Fred Blassie to the surprise of everyone, and the crowd goes absolutely crazy. Then, as Blassie gets himself together, he grabs the referee, and Blassie punches the referee and knocks him out. Then, this next piece of footage, uh, we see... Now, this is post-match, actually. Because Andre the Giant, this is the only time we see Andre the Giant in this whole video. Just like with Hogan in that musical segment. This is the only time we see these two guys in this video. Andre had just defeated an opponent by the name of the Black Demon. Andre is signing autographs. Black Demon comes back and he attacks Andre. Well, this is a big mistake on the Black Demon's part. Because... Andre grabs Black Demon by the mask 
and he throws him across the ring and the mask comes off. The mask of the black demon comes off and he has to hide his face in a towel before people recognize or can attempt to recognize who it is. So the final part of this segment is a tag team title match. It is a Texas death match where Tony Gurria and Rick Martel defend the title against the Moondogs, Rex and King. Now the guest referee for this match happens to be none other than Gorilla Monsoon. And we get the final moments of this match and Gorilla's doing a good job of keeping control but the Moondogs just won't listen. And at one point, one of the Moondogs attacks Gorilla Monsoon, which ends up being a big mistake because Gorilla knocks the one Moondog out of the ring, and Mar uh, Martel and Gorilla, they hit their finishing move. And I love how Gorilla makes the count. Gorilla does right hand one, left hand two, right hand three, and that's how he counts. Gurria and Martel retain the tag team titles in a Texas death match. And now we go to our grand finale, our final match. And believe it or not, it is another tag team championship match. The champions are Tony Gurria and Rick Martel. They defend the titles against Mr. Fuji and Mr. Saito. Now... This match has at least 10 two counts in this match. There are so many two counts, but it's a good way. It, it, it's done in a good way. The near falls that we get in the match. And it's your typical, you know, early advantage, you know, faces, then the heels take advantage. But the ending is so good. And in the, and in the post-match, like, the commentary is just ridiculously good. Because... Um, Martel manages to get in the ring and he and Gurria are taking control. Fuji gets knocked down to the side. Now, Mar now Fuji, he is grabbing something. He's getting something out of his tights. Martel goes to the top rope. As Martel jumps, Fuji throws salt into the face of Rick Martel. So Martel hits the cross body. But Mr. Saito reverses it to get the three count and the win. Mr. Fuji and Mr. Saito are the new tag team champions. And, you know, and, and we have Vince McMahon on commentary. And he's like, oh, I can't believe it. And, and then they show the replay. And Vince is so mad. He's like, oh, hey, throw salt. Pure salt in the face of Rick Martel, and he can't see. He can't do anything. And you know, it's it's Vince being Vince. What can I say? And that concludes the best of the WWF Volume Two. However, for you first-time listeners, I do a little something different here because I get to tell you about the stuff that's going to be released on Coliseum Video. Available this June, WrestleMania, the video cassette tape, will be available at your local retail outlet. Every match shown in its entirety. Two-hour tape for $39.95. Yep, that's how much some videotapes were. And then, 
We get Gorilla Monsoon back because he's going to tell us about the next three video cassettes that the World Wrestling Federation is releasing. Started off with the best of the WWF, Volume 3, where in Volume 3 we get to see the British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid. Plus, we get a Battle Royal. The Battle Royal, the most dangerous of matches where there are no friends. Next, we have a special videotape called WWF's The Biggest, The Smallest, The Strangest, The Strongest, where we get to see wrestlers from all over the world and even from parts unknown. And we also get to see Jesse the Body Ventura arm wrestle Ivan Putsky. Big John Studd set the bench press record on the, on the TNT show. And Ken Patera shows us his feat of strength. <laughs> la, 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 la. And the man you love to hate has his own videotape, Rowdy Roddy Piper. And he calls his videotape Rowdy Roddy Piper's Greatest Hits. Where you get to see him entertain such stars as Andre the Giant. Superfly Jimmy Snuka, the Tonga Kid, and he has the ability to interview himself. So the next three videotapes released from Coliseum Video are the best of the WWF Volume 3, the biggest, the smallest, the strangest, the strongest, and Rowdy Roddy Piper's greatest hits. So what are my thoughts on the best of the WWF Volume 2? Well, it's not as good as the first one. That is for sure. The first one is really good. The second one, it's got some good spots. It's got some good moments, but it's also got some points where it's a little bit boring and you just sort of want to get through it. I'm not saying it's the worst of the best of the WWF videotapes, but it's not a good one, but it does have some good moments in it. Well, that's going to be a wrap for this episode. Where's all the wrapping paper? Um, I don't know, as a matter of fact. So, uh, real quick, you can follow That Wrestling Show on Twitter at Wrestling Show 11. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Wrestling Show 11. So, so that's going to do it for this episode of Coliseum Corner. And that does it for the second series of Coliseum videos released by the World Wrestling Federation. Next time around, gonna start the third series as I will be reviewing the biggest, the smallest, the strangest, the strongest, right here on Coliseum Corner. So until next time, I am Bill Yankovi, and this has been Coliseum Corner. And Jacob Stitz. Bye.